I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. The question that she sent... Oh. I didn't know Corbin Ford was going to go ahead and start this podcast before I, like, we were ready to go. I don't even know how to do an intro, where I guess I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, over there in Colorado. Corbin Ford of Switch Theory and Round Ball Ramble is here. I don't even know what Corbin was about to say. We were ready to go. I said that, and then he was about to say something else, and I, once you hit the button, once the red light comes on, I don't know what to do, Corbin. It's on. It's on. No, it... It's always a pleasure to be back on Chase. Sorry, you know, I, I was I was ready to talk, and then I didn't realize we were recording. <laughs> so here we are. Let's let's get it rolling. <laughs> what were you about to ask me? This is a good way of going uh, in. Well, you know, it's funny. I was gonna say the Lakers just as we record. You know, the Lakers just made a move to one of the questions that we'll be discussing Ooh. during our NBA talk here, and so I was kind of foreshadowing. Not meant for anyone else to hear, but listen, okay. wonderful world. Here we are. <laughs> I, I like it. This is this is good. I like those. Like it's like all those podcasts when they're like in the same room. Um, they do that where they just start talking and then the recording is just starting and everything like that. That's what mm-hmm. this episode is going to be like, where we just we just dove in because we just we just got we started. Just and why not? Why not, Corbin Ford? <laughs> We've done a lot of these. We we know we don't have to do all the the normal pleasantries here, um, but. We have a lot of NBA stuff that I wanted to pick your brain on here. And I wanted to start, and this came up when I was listening to uh, Real GM Radio the other day uh, with Ben Golliver, um, Danny LaRue, and Kevin Pelton. And awesome. it was a really good pod. And they were talking about the Pacific Northwest Division. I don't even know what to call it. Like, I don't think about divisions. Like, if you ask me the Hawks Division right now, I think it's the Southeast. I don't feel great about it. Yeah. I think the Magic are what? in it. The Hornets are yeah. in it. Uh, maybe the Wizards. Wizards feel like they're in it. I think you got it, yeah. But they don't matter. They don't they, they don't play a role. They're just they like there's really no point. But they were talking about the division. It it doesn't matter. So they were talking about it and they one thing they brought up that I thought was interesting. There were a lot of stuff. Go listen to the podcast, but um they were talking about the Warriors and whether or not the Warriors got better this offseason. And I had just like penciled away, filed away that like, no, they're they're better this after this offseason. I thought my gut reaction was, no, they're better. And that's with Chris Paul. That's with the way I looked at it, too, was like the addition by subtraction with Jordan Poole. Like that just is not hanging over the organization anymore. He's just gone. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Still a good player, but that had 
run its course, they probably shouldn't have run it out this past year. After the bunch came out, that was probably it. Like it was probably time where I was like, we we need to uh, understand that this is probably not going to get better. And then the locker room dynamic being weird for a full calendar year. And you knew you were going to pick Draymond anyway, right? Like you're not signing with Jordan Poole in this Draymond uh, Jordan battle. So if that was always going to be the case, and I understand you still needed to see what Draymond did this summer uh, with his contract and what his future looked like, because there was that math stuff that was looming, which feels like forever ago of like what Draymond leave. And it's like, no, Draymond's, Draymond's coming back. He's going to play with Steph. And you look at it too. Steph missed a lot of time last year. Steph has been banged up a little bit um, the last couple of years, but he's getting older and that's just part of the deal. You don't know how many games you're getting from Steph and that was something they talked about, but like, I still look at it as I think he's going to play more games than he did this previous year and more games from Steph means this team is not going to be flirting with uh, the play in once again. And then you look at it uh, by and large, like Draymond's a year older, but Clay's also another year removed from the devastating injuries. I mean, he's not ever going to be the same Clay, but I would anticipate him being better than what he was a year ago um maybe not a big jump but you know a little bit and then all they really lost outside of pool being the big one dante divincenzo i don't look at that as a big loss patrick baldwin jr was in the trade uh for jordan pool ryan rollins nothing and then ty jerome um nothing burger you keep draymond green which is a huge win obviously and you get draymond green or you get chris paul who takes over that jordan pool run um dario saric Corey Joseph, sneaky, important one, I think. Um, I've always liked Corey Joseph as a player. And then you have two interesting picks in Brandon uh, Podjemski. I don't know how to pronounce his name yet. We'll wait until... uh, Podjemski. Podjemski. And then Tracy Jackson Davis uh, come into the fold here. And that's not to say Jonathan Kaminga still sitting there. Uh, What kind of leap does he make uh, at this point? Is great. Moses Moody, does he make a leap? So I just looked at it as like, no, the Warriors got better. And I was surprised that the group seemed to all fall into the assumption that the Warriors got worse this offseason. Do you share that sentiment, Corbin? Because I was kind of surprised by it. I'm not going to lie. I, I do, Chase. Um, I got to say, I, at first, I also recommend that podcast really good. I thought this independently of that, just because mm. I... The, and listen, this is no... The Warriors are still going to be a very good team in the West. Like, the Pacific Division... We were talking about divisions, mm. you know, between the Clippers, the Lakers, the Suns, the Warriors, and the Kings. That's going to be tough. Like, all mm. of them protect the playoff teams in my mind. With that being said, yes, like, you know, Chris Paul's a legend, right? Mm. Um, it gives the Warriors a different look. Uh, I think if they had his kind of pick-and-roll attack to go along with the way they play along Seth Curry, that they might have given Lakers even more trouble than they ended up giving them in that second round. Mm. Um, and as a backup, I, I don't think you get much better you know, than a guy like Chris Paul. Um, with that being said, although we had his struggles, and he most certainly did, Jordan Poole played all 82 games mm-hmm. and averaged over 20 points per game. Do we see Chris Paul doing either of those two benchmarks? I don't. I, I don't see a 20-point-per-game season, and I for dang sure don't see him playing 82 games. Like, a, as far Does as he need to be that, scoring-wise? Does he need I, it for the Warriors to be really good? I kind of think he does when you look at who else they brought in. So unless you're mm. expecting, like, big steps from, like, a Moses Moody um, a yeah. huge season from a Clay Thompson. Um, trying to think of other offensive weapons they had outside of Steph Curry, obviously being. Stacked. I mean, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, Andrew can't Wiggins. Get there. He can get, another guy know, who missed a bunch of time last year. A bunch of time, and it's and, and not really injury, just personal things. Yeah. So that that's true. Um, and he could be. We've seen him be a twenty point scorer. Uh, back then, he wasn't on a winning team. So, yeah. But like we've seen, it, he has the capability of doing that. He's supposedly in his prime, given his age. So I get that for sure. But if you look at it aside from that, um, like Dario Saric is a very nice piece, a guy who can you know 
rebound, great passing, good outside touch. Like he can play well. Um, Corey Joseph is like a table set of point guard backup. Like he's solid. Like I think he projects better to be your third string yeah. than like your backup. And I think he's good where he's at, but I don't think he's going to be bringing in the points. Um, but he's good him, Steph insurance, right? Where if Steph missed some time, you can start him and Chris Paul can still come up the bench. Player. Yes, yeah. but even then, your combined scoring, neither of those guys are. I mean, Chris Paul, True. his age now, that's not his game. Corey Joseph, that's never been his game. So I do mm. think you put a lot more pressure on guys to create their own offense who aren't there. If Steph goes down, I mean, we're looking at Andrew Wiggins to yeah. create his own offense. We're looking at uh, like Paul to a lesser extent. Yeah. Um, one of the young guys stepping up, whether that is a, a John the Kaminga or, or or Moses Moody to step up that level of game because Clay Thompson, that's not his game. And yeah. Draymond Green, that's not his game. They create for uh, they create for others, do their spacing and in Clay Thompson's case or the passing in Draymond's case, but they don't really create for themselves that much. So I just mm-hmm. like it's very step dependent in my mind. Um, where at least Jordan Poole gave you, he can kind of play Steph Light, like mm. very Steph Light. Like it's like the, you know, mommy, I want McDonald's, I want McDonald's at home type thing. Like we have Curry at home with Jordan Poole, you know, but mm. like you had that player. Chris Paul's not that player. Um, at, in this stage of his career, he's not that player. Um, and I just don't see another guy on the roster capable of doing that. Um, yeah. So I do think if there is injuries, and I expect that there will be, that they definitely could look a little weird. Um, also, Dante DiVincenzo, like, Numbers don't pop off the page, but he had a career-high shoot, um, shooting year from three, um, just mm. over five attempts. Like, it was pretty decent volume, and he played really good defense. He was a key line of their of their um, bench unit. He was a key starter during injuries. Like, he was a really productive player for the Warriors last year, and I do think that his loss will be felt. Now, not in a huge way. I mean, you do have a, a Gary Payton the second there, so it might not be as huge as if Gary Payton wasn't there, but, like, he did something Gary Payton didn't do, which is space the floor consistently and shoot the ball at a pretty productive clip. Um, that's not Payton's game at all. So I, I I don't know. I definitely think that on paper, as it stands, if we're doing 2K rosters and roll them out healthy, all things being equal, sure, like this could work. But as mm-hmm. it, as injuries come into play, fatigue, all of that, no, I definitely think this team has lost a dynamic um, that while volatile in pool was definitely helpful for them. Yeah, I mean, they were eighth in offensive rating um last year and i think that probably dips i just look at it too where and as we like look at who could create if steph goes out i just look at it as like if steph goes out they're kind of screwed anyway we kind of just saw it this past year when their main key guys are out they just can't they don't have the horsepower anymore um to run the gauntlet so i understand why you just take a flyer on chris paul at this point where you're like if Chris is like, you're just betting on a great season of health. And if you have a great season of health and your top eight is Paul, Peyton, Curry, Wiggins, Clay, Looney, Draymond. Um, I think that was eight. And then one of the rookies like Kaminga, like one of the rookies plus Kaminga or uh, Moses Moody, whoever they give you enough a little bit i mean i think uh pojets I, I what is it po pojimski po, you got it pojimski po, yep yeah he's a good shooter i think he was one of the best shooters coming into the draft he was a really good player at santa Clara, if i remember correctly and then tracy jackson davis we'll see if he plays he had a really good career um at iu but i just and i think he played for a long time so he's like one of those older 
uh, rookies coming into the league, I want to say. So I wouldn't be surprised if he finds his way um, into the rotation sooner rather than later. But I just look at it as like, if those guys go down, if Chris Paul and Steph Curry are banged up for most of the year, then the Warriors aren't contenders. But they are healthy, and Chris Paul is okay being uh, the sixth man because we'll see there was some awkward stuff. We'll, we'll figure it out. I don't know. I mean, I'm very interested to see what happens here because if you get 76 games or 72 games of Curry and you get 70-ish games of CP, you get 70-ish games of Clay and Draymond, like, that's still probably, I would take them in the top five in the East somewhere, or in the West somewhere. Like, I, I just, until the Steph Curry drop-off happens, I think he just raises the floor of this team if the rest of the cast is reasonably healthy. I would agree. I I, yeah. I, I, I think that, I, I still think they're going to be contenders. I'm not saying, like, I don't. Like, Chris Paul... Yeah with this team with his iq with his ability like the way he plays i think is a nice twist some diversification of the warriors free-flowing style mm. um doesn't make them totally predictable um and i think that they could manage it just it's just the role steph provides like if steph mm. was down and you had other scores even if they were like one-dimensional scores and you bring in chris paul for steph i don't mind that like even this he isn't the same player at 38 that you know steph curry is at 35 whatever the case may be he could st- still run an offense get guys involved all of that but mm. you're asking a lot for him to manufacture a lot of offense, in my mind, with a guy like Steph who can create for others, obviously, with his gravity, with his passing ability, but also create for his own shot at any given moment, right? Um, it's not Chris Paul's game anymore. Like, I mean, even – I mean, we saw even last year, I mean, him doing the big old, you know, call for the pick, get the big out and, and go on. That Even that was, like, more hit or miss last year. Usually yeah. that's straight cookies, right? We've seen that all his career. And last year it was like, mm, maybe, maybe not. We'll see what happens, right? Um, yeah. So that's what I mean. I just, I don't know. Like, I, I get you. I still think, I don't want to say this in a negative way of like, they're no longer, if they were to make the Western Conference Finals, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But to say they got better, no, I don't think so. To say they did the same, I don't think so. So I, I just have to feel they got worse. Even if it's like marginally worse, uh, you lose a little shot creation. You didn't mm. bring that back. Um, Pazemski looks good, but he's not a shooter like that. At least he hasn't come into the league like that. Um, Summer League didn't, show that great to me from that end so like that's more or less what i'm concerned about but as far as like your defense is better i mean pool flame down the playoffs i doubt chris paul does but then again that's if chris paul's not injured by that point so we'll see how that looks but like yeah you know and honestly that's chris paul's still on the team by that point mm. but this contract basically being expiring with the money he has on it where's he make a trade the deadline you know get back a part for cp <laughs> I don't think that's happening, but that's funny. <laughs> but like they could do something where they get back a couple of pieces that may be better fit around also, for the price point of CB3. How much fun would that be? Harden. Ooh, you know what's funny? I, I don't know if it would be. Because look, like in 2K it would be, right? But mm. Harden's like the antithesis of yeah. the way the Warriors play. Like Chris Paul's almost like that too, but Chris Paul's more of a team style. He's going to hold the ball a lot more. You are not running. Like forget a fast break with Chris Paul at the helm, you know, especially at this point yeah. in his career. But like, I, I feel like he does things where Harden clear out. Like it's your turn, my turn. It's like the 20. I mean, that's kind of what they were doing with Jordan Poole though. Jordan Poole was doing a my turn, your turn thing with Steph a lot. Mm, yeah, no, you're right. I, I think that Harden makes it to like such an extreme degree. Yeah. But I agree. You're right. Pool, it wasn't like pool. And pool sometimes fit in well enough, like in their system, that he could yeah. at his best look like a like a step light at his best. Yeah. Harden, no, at Harden's best, Harden's gonna look like Harden. You know, you might get prime James Harden, but that's all you're getting. Um yeah. it would still be kind of cool, but then defensively too, yikes. Yeah. 
yikes i don't know i don't well, that's I think too with the shot creation thing, I'm, I'm interested mm-hmm. because like the Warriors were number one in assists per game last year. Like they they passed the ball better than anybody else. And Harden's a gifted passer. Yeah, I mean that just, but also just like removing Harden from it with CP and everything else. Like if the passing is there, maybe you don't have to worry about the shot creation as much. If they're still an elite passing mm-hmm. team and they're still an elite distribution team, then maybe you can hide some of those uh, shot creation issues. And then you're also, uh, I think they had the best three point percentage in the league in this past year. So if those are still falling, they're still like with the way the game is played. I just think it kind of, they just have a really high floor to me when they're healthy. Now, if they are banged up and a lot of guys, important key guys missed, like Wiggins misses a lot of time again for something else, if it's injury related, or I mean, obviously with Steph, but like Draymond is increasingly more important. Like you, he needs to play uh, a lot and Clay needs to play. Uh, a lot he needs to be right so we we shall see but i do think it's interesting how um other uh smart nba people view what the warriors uh did this offseason um Mm -hmm. buy or sell corbin i was thinking about this over the last few weeks Mm -hmm. the wolves stick with rudy gobert and carl anthony towns all next season what are, are you buying or selling that i'm i'm selling that Okay. I, I don't know. I feel like that experiment just, it, it was kind of doomed to fail. It felt like to me. I didn't it make sense at the jump. I'm not taking a mm. victory tour over it, but I, I just feel like you're not, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm. Um, Gobert, I mean, outside of what he's flashed, three-point shooting in the early weeks of FIBA, like that's not his game. So you're not yeah. providing floor spacing offensively. And then like you're asking a guy seven foot, you know, to whatever in town cigar fours it, it was a clunky experiment before injuries got into the mix um we saw how the end of the season worked out i i, I would not say at any point it looked like really really good um mm. and let's be real if you're gonna try to trade gobert now like you're not getting a return um commiserate anywhere near what you gave up for him right yeah you probably get a little closer to that trading towns and if the wolves come out horribly you know and they're, I mean, in this tough Western conference, that doesn't take much. Like an injury could definitely be the nail of that, especially if it's like to Anthony Edwards or something. Um, then I could definitely see the Wolves go, hey, maybe it's time, you know, to shop, shop cats, see what we can get, try to recoup some value, whether it's in some young players, whether it's some draft picks, whether it's some win now players, whatever that looks like. I don't even know what a potential cat package would look like because it's not on my radar like that yet. But I would feel that that would be the move to make. I, Personally, I mean, if I was the, the GM, I would have come a loss and try to go bear again. I don't, I don't really mm. care. Like, I would have loved to see Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns surround them with defense. You have Jay McDaniels. You have a nice, solid point guard, Mike Conley. I would have been okay with D'Angelo Russell as well. Like, surround those guys. I didn't think you needed a go bear. Maybe you need a defensive-minded center to back up Towns um, or play alongside him in that way. But I really – you could have went in free agency after a guy like Brooke Lopez. Mm. That would have been something I wanted to do or would have wanted to do. Like this, what, what they did, no. So in my mind, you try it in, like, I don't understand GMs, and I'm going to go on a little frantic, Oh, here we go. But, like, GMs who, like, you make a bad move, okay, and then it's like, oh, well, our hands are tied. We're stuck with that. No, you're not. Yeah. Like, it's still a bad move, whether or not you admit it or not, whether or not you trade it back or not. It's still bad. You're you not know, a sunk cost believer. No, I am not. Like, flip that. Yeah. I mean, you know, and 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 – you know, I'm sure somebody's interested in Gobert. Yeah, you're not going to get anything of the value of what you gave up to get him, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't have given up that to begin to begin with. Like, you shouldn't have given that up to begin with. There you go, English. Like, that shouldn't have been a thing to happen, in my opinion, at all. So, no, it's a loss. It happened. Move on. 
but they're not going to do that. We know they're not. They're more than likely going to go and trade Cat. And so I do believe that a move like that happens. I'd be very surprised if they kept um, both of those players throughout the duration of the season. I, it would it wouldn't be the worst thing, I guess, to give it a full year, barring you know no injuries or little injuries, and seeing what works out from that. I just mm-hmm. don't think anything would work out from that. I just don't know what they can really do here. Like, I, it's kind of like one of those things where you talk about the sunk cost. Have we seen enough to be certain that Ant, Cat, and Gobert can't work on a really good Western Conference team? I'm, okay, well, let me let me answer that question on the question. What does that look like for you? Like, if you think that that can work, what does that look like? Between Gobert's role, Ant's role, and Towns' role all together. Well, I think if Ant is your new lead ball handler, where Ant and the Wolves are kind of uniquely set up for this in a way, um, when you look at just how their roster is constructed at the moment with Conley and company, where it's like Ant and what he's doing at FIBA, like maybe that's it, where you kind of think in like the Clippers model a little bit for me, where like the Clippers would do this um, with uh, Zubac and Marcus Morris. You know, mm-hmm. where they would have and then Kawhi and Norman Powell and Rocco or something. They would do those weird point guardless lineups and just go super big and just bet on their depth and um just experiment with different kind of uh lineups and have like a, a five uh who can't shoot. The Knicks do this a lot. Um and have won a lot of games, you know, where Harsonstein and Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle and they go big uh, a lot and they find ways uh, on the perimeter to do things. But I look at it with the wolves the way I would think Clippers in this regard, where you can have cat in uh, in the corner sometimes, and you can just run. We know Rudy Gobert is an elite pick and roll player and pick and roll defender. So you look at that and I would just start there. Ant and Gobert should be able to do a lot with, even with Gobert getting up there and everything else and not being what he was a couple of years ago. I think you start there, and even that means you're kind of underutilizing Cat by putting him in the corner and just being that threat um, just for Anthony Edwards to swing it. But part of the Anthony Edwards development to me is that he has to be that guy. Like, if Anthony Edwards wants to be one of the three or five best players in the league, I think he kind of has to be that lead ball handler. He has to bring the ball up more often than not. He has to orchestrate the offense. He has to swing it to Cat in the corner. He has to dominate in the pick and roll with Rudy Gobert. Like, that is a helpful asset um, if used correctly. Donovan Mitchell is a better player for playing with Rudy Gobert for years uh, early on in his Utah career. So I think there is value there. And they use them, and I don't think the fit will ever be the cleanest, but you can also stagger Cat and Gobert. So you start that way, and then you can move them around, and Cat and Ant can just pick and pop a bunch, and you can find ways to attack with them in that way. And I think there's just a way to be um, be innovative and be kind of uh, experimental with the way that you use these guys, because I think they're all three talented, and I'm always one of the people that look at it in terms of I would rather fig- exhaust all of my options of all the different avenues for my talented guys before I just sell low. Because I think Rudy Gobert individually is extremely talented. I think Carl Anthony Towns individually is extremely talented. And Anthony Edwards, obviously, extremely talented. So, generally speaking, basketball players, talented basketball players can figure it out and make it work when you let them play and let them figure it out enough. I don't know. Part of me would just, I I just would like to see it a little (sighs) bit more. I I, I get you. I got to push back. Uh, Talented players making it work, you would thought, 
But mm. I think Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, AD were talented. I still think they are talented, and that did not work. Well, a little I bit. Think, one timeline didn't really match the rest I, of them, and I, one of them I, still wasn't. I don't know if we could say one of them was still all that. I, I mean, I mean, Russell went to the, the Clippers in a much better fit, and then his talent showed out, right? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, was, it, was that a thing? Are we saying yes. Westbrook was good with the Clippers? I don't think he was good with the Clippers. The, I, the numbers bear it out, and also, like, it was going. Like, here's the thing: the numbers look good on that. They, they do. But also, it was bad. Like, in my mind, it was a guarantee that Russ was the same Russ. Like, yes, he mm. lost a little bit of athleticism. He's always been prone to turnovers, right? He's mm. never been a good shooter. It's the other things he brings. His versatility on along the offensive end, his ability to get to the rim, like, those sort of things. And, yeah, that declined a little bit in the lake in, with the Lakers. But that was, like, it was even further um, – can't even think of the word. Like, it was – his weaknesses were exemplified there because – the, the team did not play to his strengths. Mm. You have to have defenders and shooters, a good mix of the two. Um, the Lakers either had no floor spacing, and they've been one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the LeBron AD era, like just bottom of the league for the last like four seasons or near it. And then also defensively, like we've seen the Lakers. Like before this past you know trade deadline when they brought in some defenders and some more versatile guys on that end, they were not good on that end either. So like Russ looked bad. Like, yes, he put up some numbers, but, like, his shooting was never going to be great. You know, the floor space didn't take advantage of that. And defensively, he's not super great. Go to the Clippers, and now mm-hmm. you have a better a better atmosphere. You have a, a more solid foundation there. Um, and I think the numbers bear that out. I mean, with the, with the, with the funny, with the Clippers, actually, he averaged – so he averaged 15 points, mm-hmm. six rebounds, and seven assists, basically. Yeah. 15, or 16, 16, 6, and 8 with the Lakers. Then he got traded to the Clippers, and he played – 52 games with the Lakers, came to the Clippers in 21 games, averaged 16, 5, and 7. So mm-hmm. about the same. Um, but the postseason, obviously, he went off. And whether you want to say some of that was because he played Kevin Durant, whatever the case may be, he definitely looked at his pop back. He definitely looked more comfortable there. And I just thought that was bound to happen. The Clippers just mm-hmm. better fit for him. So I get you to a certain extent my players making it work. But at the same time, I really think a lot of that has to do with the guys around them as well. It, it just does. Like the team fit. Like right now, I'm looking at the Suns. Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. Mm. Like, yes, offensively, they have to make it work because you don't have a point guard, so one of them have to play that role specifically. And all those guys are really good for looking for their own shot, right? Um, if you look at their shooting numbers uh, between shooting to three and shooting mid-range pull-ups, the discrepancy between all three of them, they like getting to their own shot, getting to the mid, right? Defensively, one of those guys is going to be chasing perimeter guys around screens. Mm. One of those guys is going to be chasing a Steph Curry or a Clay Thompson or a Damian Lillard or, you know, moving down the line, Trey, Trey Young, all these guys. Like, they have to make that work. Like they have the talent, yeah. um, but they have to make that work. And some of that also goes down to the players around them. How does DeAndre Aiden fit? You know, who's the guy outside of those four that's going to start alongside them? So I just think it's a balance. I get what you mean, but I think that 2021 Lakers season broke that philosophy for me, my friend. Like it just, it, it broke it for me. That's fair. I, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm very curious to see what they end up doing here, but I don't think they are all, I don't think Kat and Rudy Gobert are on the wolves this time next year. You don't think one has to go. Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm very curious which one it is. Um, I'm going to guess cat just because of Gobert's contract, but I also just, yeah. think people, I think people are go way too far in discussing Rudy Gobert and what his value is still to this point. I think he's still a pretty helpful basketball player for a lot of teams and a lot of stars who uh, need guys, uh, especially bigs who can make their lives a little bit easier, uh, knowing how to dominate in the pick and roll. Um, Tier question for you, Corbin. Mm-hmm. Which team this offseason went up a tier 
that we're not talking about yet. When you s- just look at where this team was last year and what tier you would put them in when you're thinking about just contender tiers and everything else, what team that actually went up a tier this offseason that a lot of people are not talking about at this point? Hmm, this one, this one gave me pause because this is a really good one. Um, I've kind of gone back and forth on this a few times now, but I would say, uh, I'm gonna go with the Rockets. Oh, I'm gonna go with the Rockets. I why? I think it's easy to go from like worst team in the NBA, like one of the worst teams in the league, to like borderline playing team. Like I think yeah. there's a clear jump from there, and I do like the additions that they made to kind of put them up on that. Like I think Amen Thompson's gonna have a really good year, even though I wasn't high on him as a prospect. Still not totally on him. I think he's a good fit. Um, Why are you not high on him as a prospect? I just didn't like the lack of shooting. I thought that mm. was like overstated because everyone's like how great of an athlete he is, and he is. And you know all the things he can bring versatility wise. Like I just didn't think I thought Zaka shooting was 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 real, was tangible, was being over was being overlooked. Mm. Um, but with this Houston team, I think that some of the strengths on the defensive side, on his ability to push the ball, will be helpful. I like the Fred Van Vliet signing in terms of basically being a two year deal for a guy mm. that's still in his prime, basically in his prime. Um, being able to kind of give the Rockets a uh, actual point guard because the Kevin Porter experience was just wasn't it. Yeah. Um, and a guy who's going to help Jalen Green flourish as well. I'm really big on a second year for a second year um, breakout season for Jabari Smith Jr. Like I, I mm. liked what he did in summer league. I liked what he did in the back half of the season. I definitely think that he's somebody that's going to come and surprise a lot of folks and, you know, reaffirm the faith I've had in him. Um, Cam Whitmore. I think that he's a guy who great value for where he's picked 20th. Like yeah. the guy was better than 20th. Whether or not there was perceived knee injury, whatever the case may be, I think he'll get some minutes. I like Jeff Green as a backup depth big. Um, Jock Landell had some moments with the Suns that were decent. And and even Dylan Brooks. I, I saved him last because like I, I still think he's gonna be able to get some of his sh- give into some of his shooting inhibitions, like his worst shot tendencies. Um at the same time, defensively, like he's legit, you know. Sometimes when the antics get in the way, but like he's not somebody you hear about issues in the locker room. Like all his antics you see are on the court. Which yeah, let me said for that. You know what I mean? So I think that that'll be solid as well. I just I really feel good about these guys moving up a tier. Now, do I see them making the play in? Probably not. But like to go from one of the worst teams in the NBA, I do not think they will be there next season. So I definitely think they moved a tier above. But it was really hard because a lot of teams that are kind of in that same morass, like how do you feel about Boston? So I may think Boston is solidified. I think they dropped a little bit or really. You know, mm-hmm, I don't think. I think if Boston doesn't make it out of the East, it'd be the stunner of the year for me. I wouldn't be stunned. I think they I just mean, have to be healthy and they walk well, back the into the You're, finals. Chris Stops had his healthiest season last season. Like he's yeah. not been healthy. Like yeah. if he is not healthy this season, it's just a regression to the mean for him. And yeah. if you're not healthy there, and then you have Robert Williams, who's also not been healthy, there's yeah. your front court. Grant Williams is in Dallas, right? Yeah. Al Horford's 38. You know what I mean? And then you're looking again, at, and you don't. Have, and your point guard, Derek White, has to make a big step. Malcolm Brogdon, you hopefully have to be healthy with. And he's a professional, but you also try to trade him. So that's something, right? And you're looking at for development and progression from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who just signed one of the what, biggest yeah. extension. Like, these but I think if those two are, are healthy, big. I think it's just really going to be hard. Like the East is, East is just a mess right now to me because like you, the Sixers are just the bottom could fall out at any moment with them, and we'll see what happens with Harden. You look at the Cavs, they got bounced in round one by uh, the Knicks in embarrassing fashion. They're mm-hmm. probably not a real threat. And then you look at 
I mean, I'd love to say the Hawks, but the Hawks aren't a threat to the Celtics getting out of the East. And the Bucks, like Chris Middleton hasn't been healthy for years. We'll mm-hmm. see if that can happen. And there's just some weird stuff with, I mean, how the Bucks have operated. Um, they're betting on their core and we'll see if they're healthy. I mean, that's the best case scenario of keeping the Celtics out of the East. I just think that they're such a beneficiary of where the East currently sits that they mm-hmm. can take a gamble on a guy like Chris Tapps because I think they're just going to be the favorites this year and they might be for the favorites for the foreseeable future in the East. I mean, if Milwaukee's healthy, you don't put them up there? I, I mean, I put them up. Milwaukee, not it's Giannis, so like I'm putting them right there, but I mean, I just maybe I just trust Jalen and Jason more than I do Giannis and Chris in 2023, 2024. Yeah, maybe so, and if so, I mean, that's fair. I, yeah. I'm not willing to put that there. I think, you know, I, I trust Jalen to get, you know, another, uh, be more ambidextrous before I go that route. <laughs> um, but if he's able to do that, then sure. Um, yeah. And then Jason Tatum, I mean, he's been good. I just need him to start, like, like just him doing, I don't know. They need like, to evolve the offense. They got too three-point dependent last year. Mind. They mm-hmm. need to do some other stuff. Like, he was very three-point um, uh, obsessed this past year. And, I mean, Jason Tatum's awesome. He's a top-five player, I think, in the league now. And that's that's huge. But I do think he kind of needs to – I would like to see him be a little bit more um, – a uh, little bit more uh, – what's the word? Uh, I mean, I want more variety in his skill set and his shot selection this year. I would look, I, I would like that. I would like uh, more of a unique shot chart for Jason Tatum uh, more nights than not. But uh, I back to the that. Rockets for a second though. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting too. They could, uh, what I think, and I wonder if you agree with this. I think two things could be true. I think they could go up a tier. Okay. And the winds not be there. Does that make sense? Where the West yeah. is so strong this mm-hmm. year that the only team that we know for sure is going to be bad is the Spurs. Like that's the only one we know is going to be actually bad. Cause I think the Mavs are going to be a lot better if they're healthy. I think um, you just look at just so many teams like the Pelicans will obviously be there. The Kings are now solidified as a playoff team. You look at just where the West is. I guess the Blazers too. Cause I don't think uh, Lillard would be on this team. Now I'm, if Lillard is on this team, then we can go ahead and say, the Blazers would join the Spurs as two of the guaranteed worst teams in the Western Conference next year. But outside of that, I just wonder where the wins come because yeah, they spent a lot of money in Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks and company, but I just, the West is really strong. The rest is kind of really old. When you look at some of these teams at the top and like even some of the middle of the road teams, like the Kings aren't a young team really. Like the way they're talking about, it's not like they're, you have the Keegan Murray's, but it's Kevin Herter, De'Aaron Fox has been in the league a long time now. Uh, Sabonis has been in the league a long time now. You, Harrison Barnes obviously been in the league a long time. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know where the wins come from. So I think they could be a much better team. I think uh, having another rookie of the year type candidate uh, will be huge for them. Um, I think it'll be a lot more fun. I think they'll be a lot more competitive. may I think it's an upgrade at coach. But I also wonder, how does Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green handle a lot more uh competition to getting shots up because i think fred van fleet loves to take some deep threes he loves to get his shots up he got paid a lot of money to shoot the basketball um Mm -hmm. dylan brooks is going to get shots up we know dylan brooks is going to get his shots i just wonder i am very curious to see how ime handles just kind of the shot selection and making sure that everybody in that in that locker room is content with the kind of shots and their role on this offense. I think that's going to be tricky for him. 
I'm with you. I feel like, I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. is just put up a shot. Like, you better be good within your role. You're not a star player. You had a Does chance Kevin to Porter really know that? Role. I mean, he's going to know this. He's going to know this time with Imudoka. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, given just the fact that you've run the show more or less the last two seasons have been one of the worst teams to show for it. You know, mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, you know, you were a young, like it comes to a point where you go from that young prospect that like has potential. It's like we give you minutes, you have a show, and it's like, okay, now you're a role player. And like either get with that or get out the league. Deion Waiters style. No disrespect to Deion Waiters, but I'm saying he had those early Cleveland years, and then he had like a couple, like a year or two in Oklahoma City. Um, and Oklahoma City was kind of already kind of going into that role player role then he had another standout kind of moment as one of the guys in Miami and after that it kind of was what it was you know what I mean like I'm not saying he has had any of the issues that Kevin Porter has had from an attitude perspective although Warriors had his own stuff but like the point being is like the the shine is wearing off like you're like this is who you are when you were 22 23 you know there's like hope that maybe you can become this point guard guy with your distribution skills and ability to create your own shot and doing that sort of thing like that is still out there but once you get like 25 26 then it's like okay like this is who you are, and I mind you, mm. and this is gonna surprise you. How old do you think Kevin Porter is? He's, I'm gonna say 27. Kevin Porter Jr. is 27. You would be surprised to know that Kevin Porter Jr. is 23. Oh my god! Isn't I swear this wild? man has been in this league for so I, long. Yes, it does feel like he's been there for a minute. I said 25, 25, 26, and I was way up. 23. He'll be playing. Until basically the playoffs, which he won't be in, um, before yeah, he turns be 24, 24. Uh, at the end of the season. But exactly. Still, wow. But I th- yes, I think he's going to be up. Uh, I mean, he averaged what nineteen points, five rebounds, five assists, shot yeah. thirty-six seven from three. That looks like a trade chip to me if there ever was one. Mm. He just doesn't fit unless he's going to be a small forward, um, where you're playing either behind Dylan Brooks, like if you're. Well, starting... he played ninety-nine percent of his minutes at the one last year, and that's like he that's, only that's, plays that's point guard now. And that's so backup point guard. Like either yeah. settle for a backup point guard or settle for a backup small forward, but you're settling for a backup somewhere. Because if you're starting Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks may not be a lock, but I think he's a lock to start initially. Mm. If you're starting those three off top, I don't think Kevin Porter at 6'4 is playing the four. He dang sure no. playing the five. So you're going to have to accommodate your role. You're going to have to change your role or outplay everyone and earn that starting spot. I'm banking on the ladder. And yeah. if you can't find a role as the ladder, um, I don't know what that looks like. I think it looks like you're out of the rotation or you're like, you're getting moved. Um, I mean, he has been a negative player to this point in his career uh, per 100 possessions. First year, minus 11.6, minus 13, minus seven. And last year, minus 8.8. He's never even flirted with a positive point differential <laughs> in his Warriors in the league. Not even close. I just, I'm not a Kevin Porter guy. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he finds the right team. I just don't think it's Houston. Um, and I'm also very curious to see how Jalen Green does uh, with this group and how he navigates sharing the spotlight with Fred Van Vliet. I just think it's going to be very fascinating because I've seen it with Trey. Like, I just saw this with Trey where you bring in another uh, high-powered guard and DeJounte Murray, and it's just they can say all the right things in the summer, and then when you actually roll the ball out, it becomes a lot more complicated and they're like, Oh wait, I don't know if I want to do stuff like Trey's like, I want to move off the ball and I want some help and I want some pressure off me. And then it's like, mm, mm. kind of like that 32% usage rate for me. I'm, I don't know about that. I actually kind of like that more mm. than I thought I did. So I'm very curious to see uh, what happens there, but I, I like that rockets pick. Um, final thing here tonight, Corbin. And I think I already know what you're going to say here. I, I have a sneaking suspicion. It's going to involve your favorite team. You can move any player 
right now to another team, Corbin Ford. Who is it and why? I mean, we did it as recorded. Christian went to the Lakers. Yeah. Let's go. I like that a lot. Like, I think Christian would gives the Lakers another dynamic. I mean, they were already weak at the five spot objectively. Like, mm. that's just something that they were before we even started, like, going into tonight, right? Um, but the Lakers have the defensive foundation in place that can help Wood kind of hide his own weaknesses there, while Wood can bring his offensive strengths to bear on a team that desperately needs that. Mm-hmm. Um, from that position as well. And he's a floor-stretching, scoring big. He makes them a lot more dynamic. He made, what, 41% of his catch-and-shoot threes last season with Dallas? Like, he is solid. He's a very solid player. And this is also a guy who, in his Christmas game against the Lakers last season, had 30 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, and 4 steals. Like, that's the potential of a dude who's only 27. Got him on a two-year mm-hmm. deal with the player option. Like, the talent is there. It's everything else is the issue. But you're giving him a team where he's worked with Anthony Davis, so he has that background with him. Mm. He has that background, I think he does with LeBron, if I remember. Like, mm. with a few players on this team, um, he's going to be motivated. I think seeing him languish, you know, into September to be signed um, is probably a wake-up call, hopefully. But if not that, putting on a team that for the first time has actual winning expectations, I guess you could argue Dallas last year, but I think the Lakers are better positioned than Dallas is. Um I just feel really good about this. Um, mm. I, I was going to say it before as like a joke, because I definitely think that the Lakers needed somebody else. Like you could technically now put Christian with the five. I wouldn't. I think unless you're going to have AD kind of defend the bulkier guys, like that's still a weird lineup, but he gives you a different fit. Like if you're going to go into the season of just AD and, and Jackson Hayes, I don't think that it works. But Christian Wood can play alongside either or of them. He can be the sole big out there. I like him and Rui Hachimura at the front court. You know, you can put LeBron out there with those three and not be, you know, run off the court like that. There's mm. so much different, I don't even know, like possibilities with Christian Wood there as a guy who, yes, he has flaws. Like we're not saying defensively, there's flaws. He's not the biggest of frame and attitude and all that stuff is a thing. But put on a team that can kind of mitigate some of those issues. Um, while allowing his strengths to come through and help the Lakers too, because they kind of need that. They haven't had that offensive skill set from a five since, I mean, limited moments from Thomas Bryant last season. Mm-hmm. He hasn't shot the ball since the 2020 playoffs. So, like, like that's what I'm saying. You know, Marcus All wasn't the same, same play at all. You know, 2021, like that type of skill set. You know, I, I I like it. I think that's a perfect fit. And again, it's one of those things that like, does it boost them up a tier? No, it doesn't boost them up a tier. Like they're still where they were, but it's just a nice fit in my mind for this unit. They're sneaky deep now. And they're done. They, they don't are. have any other roster That's uh, spots, right? That's it. So you look at it, it's Russell, Gabe Vincent, mm-hmm. Austin Reeves, LeBron, Torian Prince, who I think was sneaky important for them. Yeah. I like that one. Cam Reddish, I don't think plays. We'll see. I'll throw him in there. Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, Anthony Davis. And then probably Christian Wood. Because I don't... I mean, Jackson Hayes, I forgot, was on that. Like, they're big. They're they're a big team. And the skill set of shooting the ball, in theory, defense, line versatility, something the Lakers did not have last season. Or really the season before. Like, there's something to be said for that. Um, Also, just unrelated, but uh, not even breaking news, but uh, Danny Green uh, signed back with the Philadelphia 76ers. Good for him. So, good for him there, yeah. At 36. How old is Danny Green? 36. Another one I would like. I'm he's got to be inching close to 38. Like uh, this man yeah. this man was uh I mean, he's had a great run. Do Lakers fans like Danny Green or do they just remember the airball? 
I think I think they like him. I think he okay. if he made that shot, I, I think they like him. I mean, he he helped them win a championship, yeah. right? He was pretty consistent. Um, I think I think I think he he's fine in my book. I yeah. mean, I think it was game five if he made that shot off a of LeBron pass, like that would have mm-hmm. been game set match. Mm-hmm. That'd been nice. Um, then we had the forty point win in game six. So true, you know. But no, I, I think Danny Green and he also had one of my favorite moments that twenty twenty Lakers season. It was the last game I think Kobe was in attendance for. Um, hmm. But it was the end of the first half against the Hawks. Um, clock was running down. LeBron James shot a three out of a scramble, missed it, and Danny Green tip slammed it. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know where. No one saw it. Like, I was like, what in the world? Like, the, if you look at the video on YouTube, like, Dwight Howard's losing his mind. LeBron in the back is losing his mind. Like, everyone is shocked because that Danny Green had the hops like that. And then, like, they go into halftime, like, immediately after, and Danny Green and JaVale McGee have this, like, cop celebration they do. Like, there's, like, it was really cool. Like, that was my favorite moments of the season. Um, and it was from a role player like Danny Green, who I thought was pretty solid. And I thought, I mean, if you traded for, you know, uh, late first and Dennis Schroeder, although Dennis Schroeder had a solid year, I really think they should have run back with Danny Green and kept that identity. But, yeah, he was fine. I, I think he's a solid player. I'm glad he's getting another year at Philly and a healthy year at that. We'll see what's going on with Philly, with James Harden and everything. But he's a solid player, and I imagine that Philly's trying to win a championship still. Um, and he's healthy and can defend bigger threes, then why not? For sure. Corbin Ford, what can the good folks check out from you this week? You know, we're trying to get the podcast grind and going, Chase. We've been talking about it for a minute, been slowed out the gate. I was talking before, before you came on about how your motivation. So we're trying to get back at that. Um, starting our season previews, doing our draft stuff, um, or our retroactives. Um, that's where we're at right now. Got to get a written piece out here hopefully soon. Um, so that that's that's the immediate goal coming up this week. Mm. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter at Corbin NBA, C O R B A N N B A, um, for all of that. But as always, Chase, it is a pleasure talking ball with you. You already know. Absolutely. We'll be back next week. More NBA. The NBA never sleeps, and they'll be back before you know it. Corbin, thank you as always, and I'll talk to you next week, my friend. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.